Hey, everybody, and happy Sunday. Welcome to Call the AD, and welcome to Scottish Watches. I'm Arthur. I'm Stephanie. And this is our weekly show where we go kind of a deep dive discussion on just different fun topics. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about the connection between watches and F1 and the watches and watch brands uh, involved. Yeah, in we're both big Formula One fans. Um, and obviously, watches are a big part of the sponsorship and advertising. So yep. we thought it'd be fun to kind of combine two of the things that usually take up a lot of our Sundays and yeah. um, talk about it together and exactly. have some friends join us. Exactly. Yeah. So um, real quick, before we introduce them, we're going to be joined today by Josh and Vivi Shanks of Watchinista fame. If you don't know them, we'll have, have them on and introduce themselves in just a moment. Um, just a quick reminder, if you like our show, please like the video, hit subscribe to see what else is going on on Scottish Watches and uh, the bell icon if you want to be notified whenever uh, you go, we go live in the future. So, um, and also we're on Instagram. We've got a, 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 the show's own account called the A.D where you can keep up to date on the latest stuff we're doing. So without further ado, let's bring on our friends. Hey, guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> Welcome. How are we doing? Good. 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 Thanks for being with us. And this is actually your suggestion to do a show about this. And I was like, yeah, come on this is over. It's a perfect topic. It's great. So thanks All for right. joining yeah, us. Yeah. I feel like we, you know, we have our dedicated group chat on uh, on Instagram for all all things racing, and we just kept going back and forth, and it just made too much sense not to do it, right? Yeah, yeah and, right. and Josh, I think you and I started talking like this is how we first met was around like the F one race in Austin where we both were there. It didn't end up working out to to get together, but um, that's that's kind of how we started chatting, which was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like Spider Man meme of like two Spider Mans pointing at each other, like you like racing, you like racing, yay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. When when multiple hobbies combine, it's just it's just too good. Um, yeah. Josh, have you always been into racing, Vivi? What about you? Well, my my uh, my dad used to watch racing in, uh, in the morning. I was like interested, but like I was interested in more other things. And of course, when I met Josh, he was like passionate about it and like telling me all the cool stuff, all all about <laughs> all the drivers and everything. And of course, I got more interested. It's kind of one of our first dates, really. Um, there was oh. the, the IndyCar race uh, in the. Was it IndyCar? I think it was IndyCar. It, it was IndyCar, yeah. And uh, 2016, I want to yeah. say. And uh, yeah, we she was she was still living in Switzerland, and she had visited was visiting the U.S. And our relationship was still like very much on the down low. And we uh, were meeting with the watch guys there. It was uh, what John Ferrer of yeah. Watches? Who else? Uh, oh, Watch What Jim from Watch Flare? And we were all going to meet up at the, the. I think we got like a four for one special. It was like four tickets. Four beers and four hot dogs for ninety nine bucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we were all going to be to the Poconos, and it ended up raining, and the the entire race was was rained out, and they didn't. It was rain. It rained for like three days, and by that time she had to go back to Switzerland. So we didn't. We we went to we went to the speedway. Uh, rain delay for like four hours. And then we all went ended up going uh, to a casino. And then yeah. We went bowling. Uh, but our relationship, like, we were, like, you know, trying to hold hands and kiss behind everyone's backs. And we didn't want anyone to know because we had only been dating maybe two weeks. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So after having a race rained out, like, he ends up, he ends up taking you bowling. Like, Vivi, you still ended up with this guy? Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, it was, like, I guess, like, all the thrill of, like, hiding ourselves from our friends was kind of fun. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. That's cute. And he was yeah, like, yeah. like, oh, you, you're going to love the race and everything. And it was raining like crazy that Sunday. <laughs> we get there and there's like barely any car and barely anything happening. Or, however, and they were still still doing like the opening ceremonies. Like, oh, we'd like to thank the first responders. Oh, we'd like to do this. Or, yeah. And we're like, maybe we were like 10 on the entire race. we're like, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think they're going to do this. And then they called the yeah. race. Um, and yeah, but you know, I, I grew up really... I grew up in Indiana, right? So, I mean, there's obviously a rich racing, you know, yeah. culture here. You know, my dad had a few friends that ran sprint cars and, you know, he always toyed with the idea of like, you know, can I be a, can I be a sprint car mechanic or a crew chief? And he had a few friends ask him and, but I really grew up around mechanics. My dad's an engineer and, you know, we'd always work on cars together. So that culture was like in my veins. And right. of course, you know, I've been to multiple Indy 500s. I think last year we went to our 20th Indy 500. It was like, a oh, trip. wow. Wow. Uh, for my dad and I, we went to the Indy 500 every single year. Uh, and of course, being a watch has been really cool that, you know, 
that's kind of become, you know, it used to be that, you know, finance was my day job and watches were my passion. And now it's like watches are my day job and racing is my passion. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, we, we've been able to do a few racing things, like a collaboration with, with like Tag Boyer at the Indy 500. And we've been able to do those for work, which has been really that's cool. That's amazing. That's really like, fun. Put on that cap and go there and like, I'm getting paid to do this. This is awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it is weird, though, too, because you've still got, you know, it's like definitely like tradition for my dad and I. And I finally got him into Formula One, and I think the Netflix uh, Drive to Survive show is huge, and getting him into that because he can kind of see the fitness of the drivers, and he can see yeah. what goes on behind the scenes and all the politics. And I think that's kind of really opened his eyes to the sport because before, especially in America, I don't know how you guys feel, like Formula One was always just very much a foreign sport. It's kind of like watching football, and you're like, what is this? I don't understand anything that's happening. But now I think, you know, with, with the Internet and social media, people are finally getting exposed to it. So yeah, I think, so. I think Drive to Survive is huge. Like, frankly, that's what got me into it. Totally. And it's it's sort of like that gateway to relate to the individual drivers, get yeah. to know them and the stories, but also like how everything works, right? So it was a perfect intro for a lot of people, right? I think so. And it did really good timing, like right before the, the 2019 season started. So you could be like yeah. caught up. It was like a recap of yeah. last, last year um, to get to know the personalities and the players. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, so now, now Arthur and I are both like fully into it. You know, we watch Holly every Saturday, all the races every Sunday, yeah. um, even if it's the middle of the night. It's it's great. It's fun. Yeah. Maybe yeah. shaking your head, but that's exactly how it is in our house, too. Yeah. We also watch practice on Friday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll have it in the background, you know? It's, it's right. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. It's like something like three hours of total running or something yeah. like that, you know? So it's a good background thing, right? Practice. It's, and it's fun. Like it's a shared hobby. And the fact that like all four of us are into it is great. Cause we yeah. each have like strong opinions about particular drivers or things that happen or, you know, sharing silly yeah. F1 memes with each other. It's great. Yeah, it's right. fun. The memes are really good on the F1 yeah, I mean, uh, world. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I made a burner account for Twitter. Cause I didn't want to use my name or anything like that. And, uh, I've, I've been like uh, definitely like really heavy up on the we say no to Mazepon. The, the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. no I, yeah, I ended up uh, sharing it too much. And I got I got banned from Twitter. Like, <laughs> oh <days>. no! Because I was like you know going against this guy that was joining Haas. So that's that that's fun. At least you started a burner account first, so yeah. exactly. you can go all out. So yeah. I guess before we get too yeah. far, let's do a uh, the wristwatch check sure. mandatory. And how about? Stephanie, you came up with this question. It's a hard one, but yeah. favorite current F1 driver to go along with it. Ooh, hard. Do you want to, do you want to start? Uh, I'll start. So I'm wearing my Explorer one today. Sorry, it's hard yeah. to see with the lights, but the um, the 36 millimeter, which I love. It's my go-to. Um, and my favorite Formula One driver right now is George Russell. Um, I think he's adorable. I think he's the future of the sport. It was really great to see him like get his run with Mercedes, even though that race was like, very tragic for him, but um, I think you could see like all of the talent that he has. Um, anyway, he's my favorite. That's a good answer. That's great. Uh, I'm wearing my IWC Top Gun, which fits really nicely into their uh, Mercedes AMG Patronus Formula One team sponsorship. Um, and I think my fit. This is a hard question. I I didn't really prepare for this, but I think my favorite driver is probably Daniel Ricciardo. And I'm particularly happy he's going to McLaren because they're one of my favorite teams. So it'll be a good combination. Him and Landon Norris are just going to be like a comic oh, yeah. duo. So. Oh, comedic gold, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Old man's going to be yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Carlos Sainz and Landon Norris were great together. But uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, they're both just total goobers. And I think it's going to be really <laughs> good to get together. Should be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, watch, what watches are you guys wearing and favorite F1 well, driver? I am wearing uh, my Wrangling Rainbow, uh, Super Ocean Rainbow. Um, nice. And yeah, it's kind of a hard question, Stephanie. Hmm. Um, I want to say Olkenberg because, like, I know he's not currently, like, on the on the grid and everything, but he's always there when we need him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Got to call him a Hulk, yeah. Yeah, the Hulkenberg memes are great. Like, I saw something what, – what, what was the government the, – was it the Dutch government that collapsed the other day? One of these governments oh. collapsed, and yeah. all the yeah. memes like, Hulkenberg is now the president. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm wearing uh, Speedmaster, just standard Moonwatch. I got it um, right before they came out with the coaxial. Uh, but yeah, I, I still have to go. My favorite F1 driver 
you know, and he's back on the grid next year is Fernando Alonso. Oh, yes. yes. I, you That's know, Ricardo getting a couple podiums um, last year gave me hope that Fernando might be able to return to the podium since leaving Ferrari. I mean, he hasn't been on the podium in over 10 years, and I'm not expecting him to win races, but at least it would be cool to see a 40-year-old Fernando Alonso on the podium. You know, I think that'd be a nice yeah. fitting you know, continuation of his career. Right. I think it was pretty funny. Like his first day back at Renault, they did some pictures of him with his like backpack, like it was his first day at school, like comparing yeah. his first day yeah. at Renault a million yeah. years ago. And then well, today was that was particularly funny because they snuck him into the like young driver practice sessions. Yeah. But it was yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, uh, during quarantine, we watched a lot of um, F1 TV. So I had subscribed yeah. to it because it, we were in Switzerland uh, visiting her family and I subscribed to it because we could, they didn't like, they only got the F1 races in like German. Uh, and I, I can't watch this, <laughs> you know? And uh, so I got F1 TV and then they have this whole archive there. And I was like, I went year by year, starting with 2005, like the first year of Fernando's championship. And I, and, uh, you know, my subscription expired in 2009, but uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, I rewatched all these races that I had never really seen or experienced, you know? We were thinking about going through some old seasons because we didn't really like follow it much yeah. before a couple of years ago, and it would be like all brand new and news to us mm-hmm. anyway. So, yeah, we definitely filled the gap when in not having F one on. But unfortunately, yeah. Apple TV this little plug they they still don't work uh, on Apple TV. They need to fix that. Yeah, yeah, one TV on your TV, which is crazy. Yeah, right. It's we awesome. we do. That's actually like the one reason we still have a Roku yeah. is because they yeah. do have an F one TV app. Yeah. yeah. And and Josh, it looks like you were right. Our, our resident Dutchman here says yes. Dutch government collapsed because they sucked. Nothing else with COVID. It doesn't change the fact that Holkenberg is still available. Like, yes, right. for anything. Yeah. He's your guy. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I guess to to get into it, I actually found an article, Josh, that you wrote. I think it was in 2018 that kind of did a good job summarizing, at least at that point, you know, like the relationships between different watch brands and F1 teams and stuff. So I thought maybe we could have a look at that to um, get, especially those that may not be familiar with, you know, like what these sponsorships look like, go have a look at that and see what's changed and and just sort of chat through it. If that sounds good. Yeah, Um, I'd also be curious as we're like looking um, through these, I know nothing about the sponsorship world and um that is is your specialty so i I don't i don't know how this works like what is the scope if if this is something you can share like the scale of numbers of zeros that are involved in something of a watch brand sponsoring an f1 team and i'm sure it scales depending on levels of sponsorships but um kind of curious about how these things work anyway it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned i um i don't know Watchinista sponsored a NASCAR team last year. So fun. Yeah, That's great. I remember. It was a fascinating exercise actually in the in the sports marketing world, which I had I didn't know anything about really other than, you know, writing this article and seeing a few other things. And yeah. You know, luckily with Watchinista, you know, there there's an intrinsic link between timekeeping and racing. And and we do find ourselves quite often in these situations where we can, you know, I've interviewed Lewis Hamilton, I've interviewed Valtteri Baltes, I've interviewed Pierre Gasly. Um and, you know, we've been able to talk racing with these guys and, you know, kind of get in depth. But when we went racing, we, we did it in the, uh, the Charlotte Roval race uh, in NASCAR Xfinity. And we sponsored uh, the SS Greenlight Racing Joe Graf Chevy Camaro. And we were basically, you know, there's multiple layers of partnerships that you can get into. And we'll just use NASCAR as an example. I mean, there's an overall series sponsor, which, of course, as you can tell by this picture, it's still Rolex. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the running joke with Vivi and I. Like, you know, you're watching the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix or Imola or whatever, and Rolex is everywhere. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, who? I, I think Rolex is a sponsor of this. Is it, is it Rolex this time? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think with, with Formula One last year, they had three uh, three main sponsors. Uh, they had Rolex, Emirates, Emirates and I want to say Pirelli. I could be wrong, but I believe it was Pirelli as the third. Um, and so those are kind of on a scheduled basis. Um, and so they kind of swap them out. So in one race, it might be Rolexes on all the, on all the bollards in the next race, it might be Emirates. Right. Um, but each team is kind of free to make their own partnerships as they see fit. And, you know, watch brands, I mean, ever since the, the inception of, of formula one back in the fifties, uh, at least the modern, modern day version of formula one watch brands have been there. I mean, from tag Hoyer to Longjean, um, 
not Elgin, but there was a, there was one more that was that was involved. Yeah, Longines um, used to be a big. It used yeah. to be instead of Rolex, really. Yeah, really. Mm. Longines the um, yeah the Ebel Ebel E B E L was actually a huge sponsor mm. in um in Formula One. But anyway, so that's the that's the series sponsors and the title sponsors and whatnot. And each race can have an individual sponsor, but generally watch brands kind of steer away from the one shot deals. They always go with like the long term multi year deals. Yeah. Uh, and each, each, you know, each manufacturer is allowed to pick their own brand. And of course it kind of depends on who has budget right now. For instance, you know, you're seeing Ferrari, Ferrari has been with Hublot since I want to say 2000, uh, 2012, 2013. I think they just celebrated their seven years together. We got some weird press release right before the end of the year. And they're like, Oh, Ferrari and Hublot seven years together. And you're like, are you leaving? Like, let's, let's go. <laughs> Why? Yeah. So they're, um, you know, so they've been, and I think that's a good, it's a strategic partnership that goes beyond um, just watchmaking. They actually have an engineering partnership where, you know, yeah. uh, doing some material innovation with Ferrari and Ferrari is by proxy helping Cubo on some of their designs. And, and some of the watches that have come out of that partnership are, are really phenomenal. Um, yeah. Let's see. But, there's one in here. Let's check it out. Sorry. Go ahead, Josh. No, you're fine. <laughs> but with, see. with, I think, you know, with Hublot um, and Ferrari, what's really interesting is, yeah, you can certainly sponsor a racing team, right? If you have enough money, you know, I, I think it's well into, you know, I would say the high six figures, seven figures easily to sponsor a team like that, because you're not only sponsoring them as a, you know, as a series sponsor, you're getting your placement on the car. Um, all of those agreements are based upon, um, you know, maybe a, you know, two, three, five year deal. Um, and, and with that, the team is going to allow, you know, an alliance where, you know, you, it's kind of, there was a, I I can't mention the brand, but there's a watch brand that signed a major A-list celebrity and they signed her to a seven figure deal. And as part of that seven figure deal, they were allowed one event and one day in the office and one photo shoot. Oh my my God. God. It's kind of a similar ilk with this where like. Uh Let's say, and I don't know the particulars. And again, like, don't, you know, don't quote me on this. But yeah. generally how it works is that, you know, when like a Hublot comes to Ferrari, they'll, they'll sign this deal where, you know, they're present at a certain number of race weekends. So let's say, you know, last year I went to the Austin, not last year, gosh, 2019. I haven't been to a Formula One race since, you it's know. Too, since too long, yeah. Um, but the brand will be allowed a certain number of tickets so that they can bring VIPs and press mm. and like that. And then the brand will activate at a certain number of races. And then depending on the relationship, the brand will also have access to the drivers. Um, and this uh, is weird. There's a weird gray area because you, you probably know and we've always sent each other pictures back and forth where they're like, Hey, Charles Leclerc is wearing a Richard Mill, but isn't he with Ferrari and Hublot? Like this is, shouldn't this be scandalous? And then what we don't realize is that there's very few, brands that sponsor teams that also sponsor the drivers in an ambassador role. So all yeah. the drivers of the team, yes, during the race weekend, they have to wear Hublot, but outside of the track, it's pretty much fair game unless they have a specific contract that they can't wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, we got, I like this comment here. Mark Wheeler says, maybe Hublot can do something about Ferrari's <laughs> engines. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think Ferrari had a great engine. I think the engine was a little too great, and you know, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. bending the rules just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Twenty, you know, by twenty-five horsepower, and then find them like what you know, an undisclosed sum of money, and they were pretty slow this year for sure. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah. Charles Leclerc. Yeah, that's right. Well, I will say if anybody wants to pay me seven figures for one day in the office, a photo shoot and to wear a watch for several years, I I am available. Um, I I don't consider myself a sellout, but for the right price. (laughs) I I think it's pretty I mean, I think there's been some pretty clever marketing. Of course, you see the, the brand's you know, maybe on the, on the clothes of the drivers, you see them on the cars themselves, but I'm a particular fan of what IWC does with the Mercedes racing gloves. It's Um, kind of funny for that because when we did the article, uh, that was the only brand that did this. And now you have Tag Heuer that at least puts their logo on the gloves. Hmm. And there is, I think, Ubo Uh, as well. So they started Casio edifice. Yeah, they still sponsor Alpha right. and they've got a full like edifice on there. And edifice is like a, 
is JDM products. So you can't really get edifice in the U S and, and uh, I think it's a super, super cool, cool brand. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I guess there's, there are this, especially with us living in the U S which is not, you know, in terms of markets for F1, we're not, you know, the biggest at least yet. So <laughs> it is interesting you know, how you get marketing for brands that aren't even represented here necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> for as passionate as we are about Formula One, you know, the average viewership for like, let's say a NASCAR race is between one and three million people. And the average viewership for a NASCAR Xfinity race, which is the, you know, kind of the sister junior level of NASCAR is like between 400 and 600,000. And then you look at Formula One and the average viewership's maybe a quarter of a million in the U.S., like that's especially with all the money that goes into it. And there's just so much opportunity space there where you could bring more awareness to formula one. And I think they are, um, but obviously the U S was a mess last year and they couldn't do a race here, but we've all been to the Austin race. It's packed full of people. I mean, super diehards. And I, it's fun. The point could be made that, you know, the U S market certainly has opportunity to bring on, you know, let's say a Miami race, or let's say I'd love to see, I'd love to see the Las Vegas Caesars Palace parking lot race again. <laughs> you, think, you think in like 1982, um, Formula One raced in the Caesars parking lot in Las Vegas. Wow. That's I didn't amazing. know that. And, and you go back and you look at these races and they literally just set up bollards and you know chicanes in the Caesars Palace parking lot. And Mario Andretti and Ronnie Peterson, they're all out there running in the Caesars Palace parking lot. That's crazy. That's what? crazy. In, uh, in relation to the, all the marketing stunts and everything that they do, it actually reminded me that two years ago, was it two years ago, that uh, Mark, Max Verstappen was with this car on the Las Vegas Strip uh, having fun yeah. to do a video, of course. Yeah, I mean, the Red, the, Red, the Red Bull racing marketing engine is, is, is huge. Oh, yeah. 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 And right now they're, they're with TAG, right? And actually, it's funny, you noticed watching, I mean, yes, there's the branding all around, but it did actually change your perception of a particular Yeah, lot, seeing right? Christian Horner wearing the tag Octavia, I, I like didn't really that. pay attention that, to that watch that much. And I'm not one to like, I, at least I don't think, but who knows how marketing works to be like particularly influenced by like celebrities wearing watches. But yeah. I actually thought Christian Horner walk, like rocking the Octavia. I was like, ooh, that is yeah. actually very cool. That makes me like tag more than I, more than I thought. Um, and I don't know. I think that's great. Like even for a, you know, a, the drivers are so well known, but less so the team principals. But to see yeah. him wearing it around, I think it's I think it's really yeah. neat. And I wonder, I mean, I don't know that if that was like his choice from the tag lineup. Yeah. Could, because I don't think I've seen the drivers wearing. I don't know how that works. That might be specified by them. Who knows? You know, I don't know if you guys have a lot, any of, a, lot of it, a lot of it's free choice. I mean, I've, I've spoken with brands. I've spoken with drivers. And, you know, with Lewis Hamilton, they basically went to him and they had this case full of watches and they opened it up and they're like, what do you want? You know, and you know, the drivers were allowed to kind of pick a couple. And Valtteri Bottas was telling me how, you know, he, he loved the pilot over like the big Portugueseers and he was able to kind of select that one. And, you know, I think that, you know, you can certainly tell they give priority to Lewis for sure. I mean, Lewis has his own IWC limited edition now. Um, but yeah, the, the drivers have fairly free, free reign to, to pick what watches that, that they want. I mean, you know, Charles Leclerc is wearing the, the song blue, Hublot of all things, which is a killer one. Yeah. Full of diamonds. Yeah. And, uh, Whereas, you know, I think uh, Vettel just went for like a, a carbon Big Bang, you know. Yeah. Oh, here's here's Lewis uh, with that. This is the yeah. special edition they did for his fifth championship win, yeah. right? End of last this year. This is my favorite one, yeah. That's the red dial, right? Yeah. That's right. With like the big pilot perpetual, the red dial, and like lots of, I think, rose gold accents. Yeah. 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 No, Lewis does have amazing taste. And he you know, fashions himself as a, as a clothing and fashion designer. And, you know, I mean, he is, he, he does, he has found a way to transcend the sport of formula one, you know, and I, I think that uh, outside of, you know, outside of F1, I think he's going to have a long career, you know, doing whatever he chooses to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I guess, you know, what, what are some of your favorite, watches you've seen out there like what do you what do you, which which watch brands do you think pair well with sort of like the characters of the teams that they choose yeah. to sponsor i was trying to think about this myself no go ahead <laughs> uh let's see here um i loved when oris was sponsoring williams i thought that was really really cool and they were long-term sponsors i mean even watching these vintage races from like 2008 2009 and there's oris sponsoring nico rosberg you know it's awesome was, yeah 
Um, but it's outrageously expensive to be there. And I, 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 I yeah. love how Forrest has kind of pivoted away from motorsports and more into the world of conservation. Uh, but they they did produce. I own the uh, I own an Oris Williams chronograph. You know, I think it's got a it's got a Balju seventy seven fifty movement in it. Um, Is it this one? Uh, no, no, it's a different okay. one. Yeah, but the, all, the, yeah, yeah. Although all the Oris Williams stuff was super super cool. Um, you should go back and look at some of those because I like I love the Williams colors and livery, and Oris is such a great brand. So that'd be a fun. And all of it was uh, the Martini livery too, which I think is the picture above. Yeah, but Oris cut that with them 2019, so for the 2019 season, and and going forward, they they weren't involved with Williams. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I think it's you know it's it's a combination of a shift in marketing efforts and then you know Williams on track performance as well. So right, right, yeah. You want to associate yourself with winners, and they just haven't really been able to to get there yet. So, yeah, I yeah. Though it was. It is nice to have some more accessible brands associated with Formula One that you could actually, you know, get an Oris, right? As opposed to, I'm not running out and buying a Hublot or a Richard Mille yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the point. Like, Richard Mille dominates the sport. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. dominates. I mean, yeah. they're sponsoring what? What's it, five teams? Like, uh, what? They sponsor Alfa Romeo. Yeah. They sponsor yeah. McLaren. McLaren um, and Haas as well. As well, um, yeah. Is it just three? I feel like I'm missing. Da, 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 da. I, uh, Those are the three I recall. But yeah. then the number of drivers that they sponsor as well. I mean, they personally sponsor Mick Schumacher. Um, they personally sponsor Fernando Alonso. Um, and Fernando Alonso, I think it's the RM37 or the RM67, where he has a custom one-off piece um, that I love. I actually spoke with Richard Millen, like. Could we could we cash out our retirement account and buy them? <laughs> and that's the exact same look I got back when I when I mentioned that. Yeah, so that's that's going to be an interesting one because Alonzo is coming back to Renault and they have a Bell and Ross partnership, right? Yep. But so if he's personally yeah. sponsored by RM, I wonder how that's. It's almost like they've got to like deconflict the two yeah. contracts and figure out what he's going to wear when. I don't know. But it's so. the same point. Um, after we did the NASCAR partnership, George George Russell's manager reached out to me. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And he was awesome. I mean, he's a super guy. He's based in London. And he reached out and he's like, you know, I, I don't know how confidential this is. I don't think it is. But uh, um, George doesn't have a watch partnership. And he's with and he's with Williams, who doesn't uh. have a watch partnership. So I think his risk is fair game, right? Uh. Uh, you know, I didn't think that Watchanista was a fit because I've got nothing to sell you unless you're a watch brand or a retailer. You know, we don't sell watches. That's that's, that's, that's our biggest MO is that, you know, we don't exist to sell watches. And, uh, so with George, I'm like, well, there's nothing I can really put on his wrist, and having a watch used to logo there just doesn't make sense. But uh, right. well, you know, what watch brands would make sense? And I'm like, well, he's got IWC. Like, why don't you why don't you go to them? And he's kind of the man in waiting, for, right? Mercedes, like, right? Whatever yeah. a watch brand did with with George, it would be very short term. You know, it would be maybe a year, two years before he mm-hmm. ends up because he's gonna be at Mercedes, whether it's Lewis's seat or Valtteri's seat, he's gonna be there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's a it's been interesting to see the people that have come out of the woodwork since we sponsored a team. They're like, oh, the sponsorship dollars. <laughs> like, what's the deal? We're not there. We're not people So yeah, that's funny. I I pulled up this picture because I I did notice I've mostly seen him wearing an IWC mm-hmm. Pilot chronograph, and I yeah. didn't know if that was sort of because of his you know, Toto Wolf's his manager. Yeah, he's got this connection to Mercedes, yeah. but it, it sounds like from what you said that his wrist is fair game and he's just choosing that, which is kind of cool. He's just choosing that. But also he, you know, what, in 2019, he was the Mercedes reserve driver. No, 2000, 2018, he was Mercedes reserve. Uh, Cause we saw him when we were at the Austin race in 2018, yeah. he was in the Williams paddock as a Mercedes reserve driver. Huh. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, I think that watch that he's wearing was was brought to him when he was the reserve driver for Mercedes, and then he just. Uh, kind of- okay. Cool. Cool. Well, I think that's kind of funny. I mean, I think this watch fits George really well, but I have to say, like, seeing some of the Richard meals on these drivers that are so young now, like yeah. an eighteen-year-old Lando wearing a Richard meal is like pretty hilarious. I mean, he's older now, but still, it's like. Yeah. And they're almost kind of detached from the reality of the fact that they have a, a quarter million dollar plus watch on their wrist. I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. So goofy things that they're doing. And it's almost like, yeah, I mean, but you know, when you wear a Richard Mill, it wears you almost. It's, it's so light and you know, the, the advanced material. I love that. I love Richard Mill. If I could, yeah. one day, that would be awesome. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it is funny to see this. And even on the women's category, Richard Mill sponsored a, a Le Mans team this year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, so they had, an, but it was an all women's Le Mans team. And all the all the girls on the team, I was like, hey, let's watch this. Because there was what, Sophia Flourish. Uh, she was the girl that uh, had this horrific crash. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From Macau. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, she's not only survived that, but she's kind of thrived in Formula 3. And she's been racing sports cars. And she's got a huge Instagram following. Um, but, you know, she signed to the team. This other woman, um, I think she's Argentinian, um, Tatiana Calderon. Or she's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I know I, her. I don't know what nationality she is. Um, and I saw her. I saw her at the Austin race, and she's tiny. Like she's like maybe five foot one. You know. Um, and the, so, but the girls did really well, and they actually finished like on the pace. They finished like you know. Certainly, there was a lot of retirements. Out of they were race, but they were racing in LMP one, which is which is mm. great. You know, for an all women. Yeah. And I, I love what the what Formula One has done, and I think Richard Mill has contributed so much to women in motorsports, and they sponsor like. Their young talent pool, like I, Viv and I were looking the other day, like they had they posted the, the Richard Mill racing team posted all the you know like ten women under sixteen that uh, that they're That's sponsoring, awesome. and they just had one of their drivers signed to the Ferrari Driver Academy. Like they're doing great great work. That's you know? fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah and I was on that note of Richard Mill. I think real quick going back to the question I asked on like what teams and watch brands seem to pair really well. I think, although they're not accessible to most people watching the sport, I think Richard Mille makes a lot of sense as a watch with F1 because you're talking about like sort of the pinnacle of motorsport, especially in terms of like investment in technology and R&D and using like novel materials and design techniques and manufacturing. So that's why like I think they go really well. But yeah, like that it, it may, you know, it may work well in my mind, but it doesn't change. I can't afford one. So there <laughs> yeah. you go. But, but that's what Formula One's always been about, right? I mean, this, this right. is where, you know, they helped, you know, <laughs> modernize the steering wheel. This is where seat belts were tested. I mean, it's always been a test bed. You know, this is where carbon right. holes and carbon fiber as itself as a material, where hybrid engine technology, all this stuff has like ended up in our road cars. And it, you know, Formula One was the test bed for that. So I think Richard Mill makes an incredible amount of sense for that. And even Hublot to that degree too, with Hublot's, you know, materials and art of fusion, if you will. I think that's a, that's a really great strategic partner. And there's some that work and there's some that don't. I mean, I, I, you know, uh, a year or so ago I met with Longine and, uh, you know, you see all those images you saw in the article with, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you see Longine and Formula One. It's just these two iconic brands together. Um, And then I asked him like, what, why aren't you guys in racing? Why aren't you doing this? And like, we just love horses. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I gotta say, like I'm in the horse world, right? Like I, yeah. I go to the the shows and like mm-hmm. do all that. Longine has done really well on equestrian land, and yeah. like some of the big sponsorships that they've set up of doing these new shows, just like you were mentioning, like in in Miami on the beach, is just not something that horse showing ever really had before, or in Paris in front of the Eiffel Tower. And now I gotta say, like a lot of people that ride have bought Longines. um, and that's like the mm. go to watch yeah. for a lot of. Um, equestrian. So they've done, they've done really well. And I think, you know, better than Rolex did in, in horse world, there seems to have, have been kind of a swap there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, back on Richard Meal for a second. Show this picture, Arthur. Yeah. Um, we found one of um, uh, Grosjean after his like horrible crash oh, yeah. this year. And th- there's his, <laughs> there's his watch. Um, I would be really curious to find out more about this particular watch and like, does he still have it? Like, how did it fare in that crazy, right? In that it, crazy, because it would have been. This is after he removed his gloves. It would have been covered by the glove because yeah. the glove covers the sleeve. Yeah. But I, I'd be interested to see the watch because it it looks like it might have gotten a little sooty there in the picture. But yeah. I think it's cool that it. I mean, presumably survived. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. So I so I did this IG thing. The other IG. Uh, I think they're they're kind of cheesy, but I did this IG question thing the other day about racing. And one of the people was asking, what happened to his RMO? But I would imagine it's in a steaming pile of rubble in Bahrain. And then, and then I was like, no, 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 it's, it still survived. And I got the same picture from another journalist. And, and we both were like, we need to reach out. We need to reach out to Richard Mill and then, then see where this thing is at. You know, it's it's out there. Uh, Maybe, maybe he has it, you know, maybe he'll, maybe he's doing a video with Richard Mill and we'll, we'll eventually see it, you know, who knows. So, but yeah. 
I'm just so happy you survived that. What a what a crazy. Oh my God, crash. Yeah, it was crazy. unbelievable. Um, I don't know. I started crying because I was like, oh, "That's it. Like that's that's done. How awful is this?" And then to see him just hop out of the car, I I, I don't know. It was yeah. it was really incredible. Just yeah. a testament to like all the engineering that. Yeah, pretty wild. He's made racing safer. So I, I I like this comment. If Cartier made the crash <laughs> inspired after something, maybe RM could do something creative as a result. That, that would be fun. The 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 yeah. RM melt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They should pay you for that. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Grosjean survival edition. Yeah. I also had one funny suggestion in the comments here about um, you know, sort of the availability of George Russell's wrist. Scott, I got to put it in a plug. Scottish Watches has a collaboration with Swatch right now where you they they got this artist Diana Evans to do these funny cartoony illustrations and you can and design your own. So, I think we should work on that. And see if George <laughs> will wear it. Price. I think I, I would be more than happy to introduce you. To <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the I don't know if I got to return, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure we got the budget for that, but yeah. uh, we'll we'll work on it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. So let's see. So, yeah, we talked about the, I guess, have there been any other watches where you seeing them in F1 has sort of changed your opinion, right? Like does the marketing work? I I think for me, um, the Octavia was probably one of the, the, you know, the examples that stuck in my mind. For you, Richard Meal, to be honest, like that was something that we, didn't really look at or think about all that much. And then just seeing it so much in F1, it was like, let's look into those. Let's like get to know the brand, even though like they're out of our price range, they're super, I mean, they're super cool. Um, And the engineering that goes into them is really pretty incredible and amazing. So I think it worked on you. Yeah. Incredible job with product placement. Yeah. And and being at the right, at, at the right place at the right time, you know, and, and even with Richard Mill, like it's not only the drivers that you see, you know, back before the pandemic, you actually saw, you know, Martin Brundle wearing his RM, uh, you know, RM base model, basically walking around interviewing all the drivers. And that's what really got me into it. I'm like, what, Martin Brundle's wearing a reach over? Why is Martin Brundle <laughs> Wait, who is Martin Brundle? And that's always me, like, you know, on a, on a Sunday, like, you know, watching whether it be some, you know, movie from the 1980s or Formula One race. I was like, oh, what's that actor doing now? Yeah. What's that doing? And then you're always on Wikipedia, like, wait, Martin Brundle? And then you see that. You know, the horrific crash that Martin Brundle had, then he runs back to the pit to get his backup car and gets back out on the race <laughs> after suffering a concussion. Like, I yeah. mean, I mean the, the guy's a hero and a legend. And it's so cool how um, Richard Mill has been able to align themselves with these kind of characters, whether it be a Kimmy or whether it be Fernando or Martin Brundle or even a Felipe Massa. Like, they've got right. really great um, bench of former and current stars that, that rock the brand. And, and that, that's been great. I love the, you know, I love Hoyer itself, like mm-hmm. that right. itself. And I love what they did uh, back in the seventies in formula one. And, you know, I interviewed Mario Andretti a few years back and I mean, <laughs> he's got boxes and boxes full of Octavia's and Carrera. <laughs> and like, yeah. I got this one for winning in long beach and I got this one for, for winning in Monaco or, you know, podium or whatever. And, yeah, this uh, these are my watches. It's just you know, this, this, <laughs> I gave it to me one day. You know, that's incredible. Yeah, it must be really, it must be really different for a driver receiving them in that way. And it, it's cool that you know, like I personally love watches where they, I celebrate an occasion and make a sentimental connection. I've never, I can't say I've ever won one for a professional accomplishment though. So that's kind of cool for these drivers. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, we, we have a we have a rule at watching Easter where we're not allowed to accept watches, right? You know, yeah, you can't accept free watches and under any circumstance, right? Like, yeah. I think that that's very common in our industry where so many brands try to pay, you know, with goods in kind. You know, where they're right. like, hey, give me an article, I'll give you one. No, not allowed, right? And yeah, and that you know, at least gives us some integrity within that. But <laughs> I I would love, and I I've tried my hand at carding, and I almost threw up uh, with. Really <laughs> <laughs> love, yeah, I'd love to win something and like actually like you know, have an accomplishment and achievement that's worthy of a watch for sure, even if it's a swatch. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> we'll we'll do like an autocross race of like just the four of us. Yeah. Um, I got a couple G Shocks. I'm not like looking to keep anymore. Any candy. For, I'll put one up for that. We can have you know four trophies. We can have you know the podium and then the participation uh, ribbon. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
I love it. That, that'd, be a, that'd, that'd be a fun uh, YouTube show. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I just makes me think of this time carding. Like I do get pretty competitive, but we went with some of our friends who, you know, we do, we do autocross time trial racing a little bit on the side. And, uh, but the problem is when you show up with, with friends and people who don't normally race and stuff is the expectations are so high. Well, and Arthur showed up with like his real helmet. Right. Yeah. And his like and gloves like, that he uses for the, autocross. The gloves were a mistake. by monster energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, like, Oh, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, the gloves were a mistake because it like <laughs> raised everyone's expectations. Yeah. You know, everyone had a helmet, but not everybody had gloves. Yeah. And finally, like I was like, oh, this is, I I was trailing after a few sessions, yeah. and I was like, I've gotta I've gotta win, and I did. Yeah. But no prize. Redeem All yourself. I did, and instead of like being proud of that, it was just like I barely kept my pride because <laughs> yeah. everyone had ex- high expectations. But. So you're basically the guy that shows up to a casino in my in my terms, like the analogy would be the guy that shows up to the casino with the hat and the glasses to go play poker and everything like that. And he's got the ear <laughs> pod, like don't mess with me. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I had the image, but barely the skill to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing I was thinking about coming into next year, I was actually trying to find some information on um, who Racing Point partnered with in terms of watches in the past couple of years. And I found one or two articles saying that they were doing something with Chopard, but I didn't see, I don't remember seeing much visibly. And now they're turning, they're changing over to be Aston Martin Formula One. And I was looking at their current list of sponsors and I don't see any, any watch alignment there yet. I think it's uh, Racing Point slash Aston Martin and Williams as the only two uh, teams in Formula One that don't have a watch partnership. You're exactly right. So the article okay. from 2018 that you have up there is still kind of relevant in that fact. I think I put a picture of a burning of <laughs> Force India in the article. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that stinks because you know I think Sergio Perez would, would be great, and what what he brought you know to the Mexican market was huge. Yeah. I think there's a lot of brands. Um, that could really focus on that, but uh, yeah, the the cost of entry is just outrageously high, as we as we right. talked about, right? And you know, generally these budgets don't exist in the watch world. I mean, you know, as as a as a watch media that's you know fighting for budgets and fighting for collaborations and whatnot, um, you know, we've been fortunate that a lot of brands have supported us, and um, but the cost of entry for us and the cost of entry for from the one team is two entirely different worlds, you know, and yeah. it's hard to get that budget in it, but it's also hard to get the stakeholders. You have to have brand executives and brand management that are actually passionate about racing because otherwise what's the point, you know, what are you doing? Um, because it's, it's hard to convince someone of formula one without them being truly passionate, right? Like yeah. it's seen as a huge cost center and it is, you know, I mean the cost to run a team yeah. in excess of a hundred million dollars. So even if a lot of bring on one to 2 million, that doesn't do any, that buys your tires maybe, you know? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Well, I'm guessing these sponsorships are going to be more important with um, the cost caps coming in, right? Like they're going to be using sponsorships for to be able to fund certain portions of the teams, right? Because the cost cap is on certain like engineering and performance oriented activities. I don't know. Yeah. But beyond that, they can still pump the money into all sorts of other salaries. Yeah, because it doesn't include salary, but that's not how much, you know, your team can spend to to run. But it does, you know, your revenue is not capped, right? So like Mm -hmm. you can money as you want you can only spend as much so much to fuel the car i think it's what they said 65 75 you know i i still think they're finally trying to figure out what millions of numbers will right. work out there uh, but yeah your revenue is not capped so you can bring in whatever you want um, yeah. yeah 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 so okay so imagine i've got a qu- sort of open-ended creative question here imagine you're a formula one driver um and you could pick you know like whatever watch or watch brand you would want to partner with that you think represents sort of like your personality and what you'd bring to the grid, you know, what, what would sort of your dream partnership be for you personally? Do you have have any thoughts? I know I just like pulled this out of the thin air, but. Do you have one? Oh yeah. Well, I would say they have done uh, partnerships. Well, the partnership is ended now, but they have done amazing partnerships with Aston Martin like, I don't know if you guys remember the watch that could open your Aston. That was really cool. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. know that. Is that the Amvox, I think? Amvox, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was really, really cool. Um, then 
I mean, for racing, I would go reverso because, like, let's oh. put that under your glove, turn it around so, like, this, it keeps safe because that's what the point of the reverso is. Like, you turn yeah. it off so you keep it safe. So that's what I would have thought for that's racing. A far classier answer than I would have ever given. <laughs> I wonder if in that scenario, JLC would do, like, a... A modern sort of well, I mean, Reverso is a beautiful classic watch. I think it's a cool idea. I wonder if they'd take that concept to and ever like do something like hyper modern and wild with it. Yeah. Well, they they're coming up this year to the 90th anniversary of the Reverso. We never know, but we also know that GLC is also extremely classical and extremely. Right. Um, even if they try to be a bit more modern, they still try to stay elegant and not to be too sporty. Yeah. So but I don't think reversal will see a carbon case anytime soon, but yeah. yeah. But but I think I think JLC I, I did uh in two thousand what two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen, I did the Passion in Godina in St. Moritz with JLC and it's a vintage car rally through St. Moritz. It's super cool. cool. It's a little vintage fiat that its brakes failed as we were going through an S curve and we were <laughs> Great. That's my life flat for eyes, but uh and that's where I learned about overheating brakes. Um <laughs> But uh, I think that they were really well aligned with that because it's super classy. You know, it's, it it can look right. really perfectly proportioned within a vintage car. Um, but yeah, it would be interesting to see a, a modern sporty take on the Reverso to see what that would look like, right? Yeah, so. truly like dream world weird. I think stuff. that would be neat. I mean, those Amvoxes were sort of one of the more modern things JLC had done, at least in in my recent memory. Yeah, I used to love those watches a lot. I'm kind of sad they're out of the collection now. Uh, They were also pretty expensive. um, Yeah. But no, they were really, really darn cool. Uh, I'm going to, I mean, you know what? I'm just going to say that I would like to see Omega back in Formula One. I was just thinking that. Like, I love some of the Speedmaster special editions, like the Mick Schumacher one, but Mm. it'd be great to see them back. And I think they could do some, not just like Speedmaster editions, but do something different and neat that's really racing focused. Yeah. I don't know why I sold it, but I was in Portugal. I was in Lisbon and I was at a flea market and I bought a Michael Schumacher speedy reduced for like 700 euros. Oh, wow. You know, five plus years ago with another collector and we were there and uh, yeah, I bought that and uh, I could never vibe with it. It had like a really like, really bulky red leather strap and it was reduced and it was just like, of course there's the whole, you know, the negativity that goes along with having a speedy reduced instead of a speedy manual. And, you know, but uh, I'd love to see them back in it and I'd love to see them. It'd be really cool to see a continuation to see maybe even them sponsor um, uh, like Mick Schumacher, you know, but but it would be cool to see him wear like a bright red Omega. Yeah. There's a good suggestion in the comments there. Which one? one, This one? Yeah. That Josh stops talking. Oh, uh-huh. no, no. Uh, no. Um, with he, uh, he he has that Casio Oedipus. Casio mm. Oedipus is a sister brand of Casio, but it also it's in the same family as G Shock. So yes, Yuki Sonoda will be wearing a Casio Oedipus. So he will be wearing a Japanese watch brand. That's great. Yeah, there you go. Would be super cool, um, but I just don't know if Grand Seiko is a good fit for uh, for Formula One. Yeah, I mean, so I dressy. Know. Yeah. I mean, they modern and they talk about, you know, the, you know, I mean, they're nature the, of time. Nature of time and right. I see them more in like a nice, like, you know, I'm looking out the window now and it's snowing. I see them in like a, a snow <laughs> forest as you look at your watch while you're going on a leisurely hike and you're right. wearing a Macallan 18 and look at your Grand Seiko and cherish yeah. yeah, it. craftsmanship. <laughs> it's certainly be a, a new direction for their marketing. Right. I mean, they don't, they haven't pushed their sport collection as much, but they have a couple pretty sporty things with Chrono. Yeah, the GTR is awesome. That's so true. Like, yeah, I, I I was at the launch event um, that was January what, January of last year or so. They did a really mm-hmm. cool launch in LA um, that was like a combination Nissan GTR and Godzilla when they did release that Godzilla piece. So they are able to to trend on the sportier side as well. But I feel like yeah. they're going to let the sportier endeavors to Seiko itself, you know, with the Seiko Five. Right. You know, Seiko sponsored um, Jimmy Johnson and NASCAR. Um, they they did cool. yeah. Gas Monkey Garage. Gas Monkey Garage. Vivi went to Texas. Ah, really? Gas Monkey Garage, which is super cool. <laughs> um, and they've done, you know, Seiko's done a few other um, you know, racing theme things, but I feel like they've yeah. always kept that on the on the Seiko side. You know? Yeah. 
You know, Josh, I really like your idea or your thought of wishing Omega would get back into more racing stuff. Cause especially like, I really like the new, the modern coaxial Speedmaster racings, but there's not a lot of like, I guess, legitimacy of the connection to racing in the modern day, right? I mean, of course, the Speedmaster started out as a driver's watch, but it'd be cool to bring some of that back yeah. and, you know, really like connect that to racing today. It'd be neat if they sponsored, like, I mean, kind of like Josh was talking about of how Richard Mule has been supporting a lot of these female drivers, but like, I love the W series that's, that started yeah. a couple of years ago. I think that's great. And I don't know how much watch affiliation any of that has had, but it'd be cool if like Omega stepped back into racing through mm-hmm. like one of those avenues yeah only female i mean with uh with kaya gerber and you know the entire family and and uh you know i think i think it would be really cool if omega was the title sponsor of the w series you know i think yeah a lot of opportunity there that'd be fun so i think continue i guess i'll answer my own question about the the brand i think i would want to partner with or whatever i i really like iwc and um particularly you know, the stuff they do with ceramics or serotanium and all that. And I think although the pilot style doesn't necessarily like derive from racing, I think it kind of like works really well. And maybe this is me being influenced by the Mercedes IWC marketing stuff. But I think I, I would have some pretty cool ideas for my own limited edition IWC pilot. Yeah. So I think that's what I would go okay. with for my sponsorship. Interesting. I don't know what I would do. I'm kind of with Vivian JLC, though. That's if I like magically become a Grand Prix equestrian rider. Um, I would absolutely want JLC to sponsor me because the reverso, like true heritage, mm-hmm. even though I'm not a polo player, never would be. But like, yeah, there's different horsey. Thing. There's that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe making Cartier a little bit more sporty. That would be fun. Like bring back some of that sporty heritage. I mean, you got, you know, you have the Santos. That'd be super. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Ride the Cartier. Um, yeah that back what we're missing is automar piguet oh oh true that's true yeah you know and there you're missing it vivi worked at automar piguet back when they were sponsoring (laughs) and we were also sponsoring yeah well schumacher but that was yeah that was before the accident yeah yeah i wonder what does explain their absence today i mean other there is the of course the the large budgets we've talked about but you know i think the the personality of some of the, especially the like overseas sporty models would fit really mm-hmm. well into F1. Yeah. For sure. Well, I, I, one of the things I believe what happened with Omar Piguet is like, as every watch brand, you want to be associated with a winner. And back in the day, um, when I was working there, uh, they associated themselves with Wemi and Wemi was really bad. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that there's a more PC way of saying that. But. <laughs> <laughs> getting better now. <laughs> so I just say that he had way too much uh, pressure but on himself. It was the Red Bull curse. I mean, yeah. you, you've, you've seen that video. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, I don't remember the year, but of Wemmy driving down the main street. I think it was in Monza, and his front wheels just blow off. Like they both blow oh, off. The it's like a meme at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the Friday meme. Right. And yeah. both wheels blow off. And so he, you know, it's a, you know, it's a factor of bad luck, but like that second seat at Red Bull has always been, except with the exception of Daniel Ricardo, has always yeah. been cursed, whether it's Pierre Gasly or Alex Albon or yeah. Sebastian Buemi. Well, Ricardo has also been cursed. Like when we were in Austin, like he literally his car, his engine stopped on the third lap yeah. in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> but Blemmy has gone on to do work in Formula E and he won Le Mans with with Alonso. Um, but again, there's a lot of I mean, we could go on for another hour about the drivers that should have been a success in Formula One. Yeah. Example. And through sometimes of no fall of their own. You know, like yeah. I mean, I'm an American, I would love to see an American in Formula One. And the last ones we had were Scott Speed and Alexander Rockley. You know? Yeah. yeah. Rocky's team went bankrupt and Scott Speed just like couldn't keep the car on track. Yeah. But then Speed. Scott Speed had an incredible career in rally after that and then was doing show jumping in Subarus, I think, right? And then Alexander Rossi's gone on to IndyCar fame, you know. So like there are a lot of opportunities out of there. Right. Yeah. The closest we can do for now is support the Mexican and the Canadians. You yeah. know, and say hey. Or Haas, right? Just as the yeah, American right, team. Right, true, true. Uh, yeah, but Haas is going to, you know, have an interesting fold. I mean, the second driver, I mean, Mick Schumacher's a stud, right? I think yeah. he's going yeah. to be great to have him in a Haas, and I want to see an American team do well. 
But this other driver, man, just as we started the show, I'm just, uh, I don't, don't know. get in trouble. I don't want you to get banned from anywhere else. But no, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but I, I, I'm I'm hopeful that either this kid is going to either be severely punished and you know yeah. kind of learn from this and move on, and you know you you don't want anyone to you know fail, but you know you hope they learn to move on, or if yeah. they can pull convert to Haas, that would be really cool. Come on, that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> to have two rookies, uh, you know, you know, it's going to be tough, but you know they need the money. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand. The, the money aspect, but I think I'll, I'll be a fan of, of half the team. <laughs> yeah. Take that. I think we'll always be a fan of half of Aston Martin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we could go on for like ever and ever because yeah. the four of us could talk about cars, but I think yeah. we might, might want to wrap things up, but is there anything in particular about Washingtonista that we should, um, that we can help plug or anything coming up that, should keep an eye yeah, out for yeah, cool things coming up. I mean, you know, for those of you that are unfamiliar, Watchnista is a, a decades plus year old company. We were founded in 2009 uh, by two Italian gentlemen in Switzerland. Um, we're an online magazine dedicated to the world of watches uh, and watchmaking. Uh, and we also have a sister um, company, uh, Watchnista Creative Studios, that partners with brands and retailers uh, for everything from, you know, social media, social media management, content creation, digital strategy. Uh, it's kind of an A to Z digital communication agency. The only thing we don't do is PR. Um, and that's been really kind of a, a saving grace for us because, you know, so many other of our you know competitors and friends, um, I don't want to poo-poo anyone's work. I think there's a lot of people that do an incredible work, you know, I mean, from Houdinki to the guys at a blog to watch. Um, there's a lot of other you know great folks in our in our category, and we all kind of remain friends. But the one the one thing that we've kind of separated ourselves from is that we're not a selling platform. We don't exist to sell one. It's a purely journalistic effort uh, led by myself and a great team of uh, of journalists that we have, including Vivi. Um, and so we have two offices. We have an office in New York, uh, and we have an office in Switzerland. Uh, so kind of that duality gives us you know having you know presence on both you know on both coasts and you know between. You know, the, the U.S. and Europe it has been great. You know, we're within, you know, 15 minutes driving distance to most of the manufacturers and we can be at their, you know, the, at their U.S. headquarters, uh, you know, with with a moment's notice. So that's been great. We've got a, a really cool team of 10 plus people in the U.S. that we work with. And then we have over 14 people in Switzerland. So it's been it's been great. And, you know, I, I'm celebrating what four years in two months at Watchnista and that's we've awesome. got some really cool things coming this year. I, I would like to go racing again, but I'd like to go, uh-huh. I'd like to go racing when we can actually have some of our clients there. We can have some yeah. friends watch Easter, like you guys come to see a race. Um, That'd be fun. That would be, be awesome. We have some really cool strategic partnerships that we're going to launch this year as well. And some new content concepts that we're going to bring out. And the idea is, is, you know, not do what everyone else is doing. I, I right. think that you know, yeah. if, if you, you have this app Watchville, right? We all, all have Watchville. Mm-hmm. And a new watch comes out, and it's the same articles about the same watch with the same title and the same picture, and everyone publishes at the same time. And right. nine times out of ten, you won't see watching East of there. You know, we just really want to kind of go our own route. Um, what you see is what you get. We're not trying to be something that we're not. Um, there's a lot of ego in this industry, and I think that we're just trying to just just be ourselves. You know. Yeah. New yeah, employee. Yeah, we have a new employee. This is a world premiere. This is Steven. Oh, yay, hey. Steven. <laughs> <laughs> What's his title? Um, uh, junior puppy manager. Junior puppy manager. <laughs> well, he's definitely employee of the month. That's for sure. Yeah. Of the month. Year. It's already like his first day at work and uh, he's doing great. Our, uh, our building has cool. a... Uh, has a a pet of the month. And so now we oh, can actually submit him for pet of the month. But we bought a baby Yoda during quarantine <laughs> and we submitted baby Yoda. And like, <laughs> the woman emailed back and said, well, he had the entire office laughing, but no, he, he doesn't, he doesn't qualify. So. <laughs> well, that's cool. Sounds like a good year ahead. And yeah, uh, yeah hopefully we can do some, some more in-person stuff and, and get together again sometime. That'd be we'll fun. Love guys. We'll love, absolutely. Love that. Even if we have to wear masks for like the next, you know, <laughs> next, next little period. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. do it. Yeah. You, guys, uh, you guys need to stay safe there too, because you're you're around DC, right? Yeah, yeah we're just like hunkering down until the yeah. next week, so yeah. we are not going downtown. Yeah, we're, we're safe out there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thanks. All cool. right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for joining us today. Yeah, thanks. and thanks everybody uh, joined us in the in the chat as well. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show. And it's a reminder: check out everything else, Scottish watches, the podcast, the website, all that good stuff. So, Cheers, guys. 